extra thing, which is just <laughs> conversation, casual conversation, we'll call it sheep chat. We're gonna have sheep chat, which is our little extra for our sheep episode. Uh, we've been gone for three months or so, and now we're relaunching the show. And our first episode when coming back is about domestic sheep. So we're going to bleat a little bit about sheep with my friend Bill, who is a buddy of mine and Moss from way back. We all went to high school together, and Moss didn't know he was going to be here, so ha, surprise! <laughs> Um, a lovely surprise today, yes, indeed. A sheep shot, if you will. <laughs> ah, yep. But um, but um, moving on. So, this is our friend Bill. He has a sheep, a small sheep farm. And can you just introduce yourself, Bill, and and talk a little bit about your sheep farm and where sure, it's at and Bill. all that kind of stuff? When you decided to do yeah. it, whatever. Totally casual conversation. We'll come up with some questions as we get. Sure, completely casual. Yeah, no, as Laura said, or as uh, <laughs> as Pete said, I am Bill. Uh, we went to high school together out in Colorado, and now I'm living in the, the dream life in uh, the Garden State, great state of New Jersey. Been here for a little over 20 years now. It's been what great. What we do without New Jersey? New Jersey. It's not as bad as, it's not as, bad as you think. <laughs> okay, that's not a, okay. That's, I, I'm trying to sell New Jersey to people now. Come to New Jersey. It's not as bad as you think. That's right. Well, my state, my official, my unofficial state motto for New Jersey is New Jersey. It's not that bad. <laughs> but yeah, so no, we have a like a small 14 acre farm just outside of Philadelphia, actually, called Smiling Dog Farm. You can look it up on the Internet if you want. Smiling-dog-farm. Check out the pictures. You can see some of the sheep that we'll be talking about. But we bought the farm, as they say. Uh, about 10 years ago. You didn't buy the farm. Yeah. You purchased the farm. We did. Oh, yes, that's true. We purchased a farm. Actually, we purchased <laughs> land, and then we turned that land into a farm. It was uh, being, it was being leased, and they were just growing like uh, Roundup Ready soybeans and Roundup Ready corn on it over and over and over again because that's what they do on the spare land here. And we bought it and we converted it to organic. So yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> it wasn't being leased. Now it's being fleeced. <laughs> That's right. It's being, oh, it's, it's going to be one of those everything. kinds of evenings, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be one of those kinds of nights, I can tell. Yeah, so we bought it back then, and with the intent, Laura, my wife Laura want, has always wanted to have a farm, and she really likes sheep. So this was really like, it's her deal. But she's got it going, and and uh, I've been doing it with her now for we've had the sheep, I think, for five years. Got a flock of about fourteen sheep two different breeds we have gotland sheep which are a sheep breed from uh, developed in sweden on the gotland isle and we've got some fin sheep a couple of fins and so we have those and they're we basically use them as they're they're our pets and we use their fleece we harvest the fleece from the gotlands twice a year and the fins once a year and we uh, you know have it we sell it to either hand spinners and then a portion of it we send out to a couple of different mills and have it uh, spun into yarn. So, yeah. But they're great little guys. What do they look like, these sheep? Well, the Gotlands are kind of a medium-sized sheep, which means that they are... Our Gotlands are between about 120 pounds and maybe like... Well, we've got a couple 
<clears throat> Jack and Charlie are a little, they're a little overweight. They're probably about 220, 250. They're kind of chunky, um, but they're gray. They're sort of a dark gray, a silvery color um, to various degree. And they have uh, really, Gotlands have a, a very curly fleece. So um, when you think about like sheep, there's all different kinds of breeds and they have all different kinds of wool and, and not all sheep are really, were really bred to produce wool that you would turn into clothing. But Gotland sheep were actually developed <clears throat> um, for two purposes. One, meat, which we don't do, but you, you certainly could uh, raise the, the lambs and sell them for meat because they're a pretty fast grower. And then the other thing that they use, the, that they're made for is shearling wool, which is a really nice way of saying after we kill them for the meat, we use their pelts. <laughs> so if you've ever had like uh, coats and, you know, gloves and boots and stuff that have like those nice curly, soft lamb's wool fleece skins, you know, sheep skins, that's a lot of that comes from Gotland's. And in fact, if you think of I'm trying to remember what it was, oh yeah, it was a Game of Thrones. On Game of Thrones, some of the uh, some of the fleeces or, the, or some of the sheepskin cloaks and stuff that the guys were using were actually Gotland. So, but anyway, they're gray. To answer your question, what you mean they weren't genuine Game of Thrones sheep? Our sheep were not, but but the but the breed the breed is used for that. So the the Swedes are they're kind of particular. So these sheep, they I'm trying to remember this. There's a Swedish word for it, and I, I can't recall it right now. But essentially, it means like not too, not too much, not too little, right? It's like just right, and that's for the way, the way that the the Gotland breed standard is like that. So their sheep are kind of medium sized. They're uh, they are uh, a very even gray color. The ones in in Sweden are ours are not because in America we can't import sheep, adult sheep, directly from Sweden because of whatchamacallit, mad cow disease, but has a different name sheep, but right. you can't import them. So the people had, they brought in sperm and they did artificial insemination and they crossbreed them with other breeds. So our, our Gotlands are, uh, we don't have any that are pure, like from the, from Sweden breeds, but you know, they are in varying degrees Gotlandy. So they're silver and they, and, but we, sure. That's awesome. yeah, it's pretty cool. And, and, uh, then the fins are white too. There are two white sheep in the whole group. And that's why they have their, their own names. They're the Roosevelt's. So they, we have Teddy and Franklin. So both of these breeds are really for wool is what you were saying? Yes. Yep. I mean, you know, again, they're dual purpose. If you want to, of course, because I just being a history buff, an armchair historian, I know that mm -hmm. basically the wool that we think of as wool now for clothing, we think of as scratchy, and and then people will go, oh well, there's you know, fancy wool like like cashmere and stuff, which is all very very soft. But there's many many different kinds of wool, and historically humans have used all sorts of different weights and and kinds of wool yep. from all many many different sheep and even if you think about ancient greece and rome and the mediterranean it's always been pretty hot there and they had a kind of wool their sheep are all extinct now i think but uh and and that area is all their descendants but the kinds of wool that they used were pretty light so what kind of yeah, they have texture all different kinds. and weight? <clears throat> yeah, it for sure did. What, what kind of texture and mm -hmm. weight and everything is this stuff that is the wool that you 
get off these guys used for when yeah so gotland yeah gotland wool is kind of medium weight it's or in medium it's actually like think of it wool is usually graded on how fine it is so like the microns and gotlands okay. are kind of a medium they're sort of a medium uh, micron so it's soft but not super soft What's um, a micron? But there's also other things. There's also other things that go into it. It's just light. It's yeah. The other things that go into wool are the uh, the kink in the wool, which gives it the bounce back that you know wool can be kind of semi-elastic almost. Right. And uh, it also that also like really changes the way that the fiber spins up into yarn. These are all things that I've found out over the last like three years. So. Don't I'm assuming me on this that I you know learned it all when what? you were like, all right, we're having sheep. Let's go for it. What do we need to know? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, Laura has learned a lot of it in, just in the last couple of years because she started knitting and uh, weaving. So we've learned a lot about it. It's actually been kind of fun. It's like a driver for other hobbies and interests having the, the sheep around. But What happened? Now we have byproducts. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and that's, it's funny too, because we, we sell a lot of wool, but we still have a lot of wool left over. So we end up using a lot of like the, the side trimmings and the less desirable fleeces. Like if they kind of felt up during the year and the, they're not that good, then we'll, we use that for like, you know, uh, <clears throat> we put it around the plants and stuff, give it to the birds. It's <laughs> we have wool coming out of our ears. But, yeah. Uh, that would make great. it hard to hear. Yeah, it does. It does. Which is good. Because yes. I'm in New Jersey. Yes. I really want to hear these people talking to me. <laughs> well, it is called the Garden State, and that's because it's got a lot of very nice landscape out there. So it does, yeah. There's a reason that's for a, that. I was, I was, yeah, exactly. There's a, there's. I mean, I, I'm t literally 20, 24 miles from the center of Philadelphia, and I'm surrounded by farms. Right. So. Right. So. What's it like to take care of them? Are they fun pets? I mean, you've got to have, I mean, you've got to have acreage to put them on and stuff. Obviously, they're not a pet you can have in your house. But if you're a person who nope. wants a hobby farm, what do you need to expect? Yeah. What do you have to have to be ready? And how do you get ready? How do you educate yourself? What do you do to make your dream of having little ruminants in your yard come true? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, need a, you do a need friend. a little bit of <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I've heard that uh, I like, you need I, a little. I like goats. I would love to have a few little goats one day, but I don't think it's ever going to happen. But just in case, yeah, it goats did. are funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The the uh, I mean, you need you need a bit of room. You don't need a ton, depending. Uh, they so what you need to do first is do some, you know. Any, like any other endeavor that you would want to do for fun or profit, either way, is do some reading and research and talk to some people. We we went and took a class on how to be a shepherd from the Pennsylvania State University Farm Extension Office. They have a whole cl class. We took like a, it was I think it was an evening class that we did once a week for but like two months. And we went and learned about all the things that you need to know to be a, sh a good shepherd, right? How to, what what they need for food and shelter, what you need to do if you're planning on breeding, things to look out for, what are the common sheep diseases and illnesses, what are the treatments, all those kinds of things. Um, you know, we learned in shepherd class, and in fact, the class even included going out to a couple of farms, and we we learned how to trim sheep hooves, which was hilarious. Because they, they, the farm we went to, they, they were uh, 
a meat breed, uh, Hampshires or something like that. They were big. These are big, big sheep. Like uh, even though this the sheep that the, that I've learned how to do it on was uh, not that old. It, that thing weighed like 200 pounds. It was like up taller than wow. my waist. It was a huge sheep. But you can take a sheep if they show you how to do it. You turn their head to the right or the left. You turn. You take their head. You turn it to one side and then you push down in the middle of the sheep and they flump right onto their backs. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of a thing. And then you wow. can grab their hooves and, and trim Isn't them. Isn't that called casting? <laughs> well, I think casting is more like when they lay down on their, and they can't get up on their, and they're on their backs and they can't get up, but sheep yeah. don't really do that. It's like a horse That's, thing, I think. Well, I, I know that, right? that one of the things I was reading. Moss would know about horse. <laughs> One of the things I was reading about was that they, that some sheep, especially when they get really heavy with wool, can get turned over and then they can't get back up again. Oh yeah, well that that could be like if you let their if you let their wool get so big. I know that there was like a funny story about a sheep that got separated and they didn't see it for two years or something out in Australia and they came back and the thing was just like a ball. Yeah, we're actually going to talk move. about that in yeah. our episode. That's going to be the the news item that I'm going to cover is about that little guy. So it's all bad. Uh, he's feeling yeah. better. He's feeling better now. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Poor yeah. Dude. That was a uh, that was a merino. The merino sheep are the ones that produce that have been bred to produce the finest, softest wool, mm. uh, and it's also super duper kinky. And um, back to the wool thing, like the Gotlands, the Gotland wool, it's real. Um, Gotland wool is it has almost no kink at all. It's curly, and when if you were to look at it like under a magnifying glass or a scope, you would see the there's very little kink. It just is smooth and and curly. Mm-hmm. And it's also very, very glossy. It's got a lot of sheen. It's very smooth uh, along the shaft. They sure are cute sheep. I've been to the Smiling Dog webs- Farm website, and they are just yeah. very pretty little sheep. They really, really are. They, they really are. It was funny. We hadn't chosen a breed. And when I say we, I mean Laura. Yes. But we had when we were when we were getting the farm ready, and we were talking to a lot of farmers and we were going and seeing sheep at the sheep shows and uh we met this nice lady uh i think her name was sue uh uh, here at the new jersey sheep and wool festival and she didn't have her sheep with her but she had some pictures and she and she was like oh you're looking for sheep because i wanted to sell some And, and laura was like oh i'll go up and visit i was at work or whatever i couldn't go and I'm like, well, go have fun. Let me know what you think. And she comes back and she's like, I bought eight sheep. <laughs> you are not the only person I know who has had that experience with either sheep or goats. I've right, seen it exactly. with horses. Yeah, I, mean, I have seen that done with horses. <laughs> what happened? We went out to the stock show and you were unattended for five minutes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's all it takes. Yeah. Do you do you breed any of your sheep, Bill, up there? Uh, we've done it. <clears throat> we did it one year, uh, year before last. Um, we decided we were gonna bite, you know, go for it and and breed a couple of our our girls. We got our sheep. Half of them we got kind of cheap because they were one. A couple were a little older, and then there were a couple that the breeder we bought from said, "Hey, these these ewes should not be bred because they had some trouble." When they when they gave birth last time, we're like that's not a big deal. We're not going to breed, but we did have a few that we could breed, so we we did last year, uh, and uh, we had trouble. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Okay. We, one 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 you lost lost uh, her babies, 
uh, but we were able to, to, to save her life. We had the vet out. It was a whole protracted ordeal. Turns out she had had triplets and uh, like one of oh them my. was blocking the other and it had, she said it probably died when it was very, very young as a fetus. And she said what happens a lot of times in that case is that one of the other, the other lamb will get really big. Mm-hmm. Um, cause, and, and it did and it kind of blocked the other. It was, a, it was, a, it was bad. Uh, but the other sheep, uh, Lola, she had two babies, Star and Sherman. And they were born just fine, but she developed mastitis and wasn't able to feed them both. So we ended up bottle feeding the two little babies, which I got to tell you, as much of a hassle as it was getting up at you know four in the morning to go out and feed them, it, I'm super happy that I did it because we have two sheep that come running up to us now when we go outside. And that's the cutest thing you've ever seen. Aww, Aww, that's so cute. (laughs) Two shakes of a lamb's tail. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think that's the part of it that would be a challenge for me is the, if you're really going to do these animals, you know, breed them and stuff and you're, it can be heartbreaking because they just, there are bad things that happen sometimes. I I don't know how frequent it is, but you have to be sort of ready for there to be heartbreaking things that happen yeah it's i wouldn't i don't really know if it's super frequent or not but we've had we've had we've had uh one sheep actually we had two sheep that have died from illness uh both weathers which are the boys when they're when you castrate a a, when you castrate a ram it becomes a weather okay and you don't want to keep rams around unless you're planning on doing breeding because you got to keep them separate when the user are in estrus like the rams get real rammy you know, yes. <laughs> they, get, they get very aggressive. They can be very aggressive and a bit aggressive. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and they also get kind of for whatever breed you got. Once you have a ram, they're they're big, right? Right. And right. they will ram you. Uh, but uh, <laughs> so we keep weathers, right? Dodge ram. The problem Dodge with, ram. The problem, yeah. <laughs> the problem with weathers is uh, there's a sheep have a really funny. Uh, like ureter tract, basically. Like if you if you look at a sheep, a, a, a ram, you know their 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 nuts are in the back, right? Or like mm-hmm. just like with most animals, but their right. their penis is like almost in the center of their belly. Oh wow! Right? So it's like a know. solid. It's a solid like foot and a half. So it looks away, like a cow, right? basically. So it looks like a bull. Right. Yeah. The cows are exactly cows are very similar. If you see pictures of like a bull, you're just like, oh. Anyway, so they've got this really long, complex you know, urethra essentially. And right. it's got some twists and turns in it before it gets down there. And so with with weathers, they if they get like a little kidney stone kind of situation happening, it, they get plugged up really easy. It's kind of a well-known problem. Oh, so we wow. had that happen to, we've had that happen to two, for two of our weathers. And there's really, they, <laughs> we were, when it happened to one, we didn't know what it was. And the vet came out by the time that happened, you know, he was really, really, really sick because he probably hadn't been peeing for like three or four days before we noticed he had a problem. Poor uh, guy. This other guy we noticed, yeah, we noticed right away and, and she was like, well, you can treat this. We're like, what do you have to do? What do we need to do? And she's like, well, you got to go out to uh, the the vet hospital, which is like associated with, with uh, uh, Penn, like Penn University of Pennsylvania has a, a, a vet hospital that's not far from here. And... She said, because they have to do surgery, so they have to knock the sheep out. Then they basically go in. It's really gross. I don't want to go into on too much on here, but they have to like 
cut a big chunk off essentially right and and then and, and that's just the way it is and then they're just kind of draining out of this tube that, and i'm like oh my god what really yeah and she said and you know in addition it'll cost you know many thousands of dollars and we're like uh okay yeah so we so, so we just lost a lot of suffering to put that animal through and, exactly and exactly it might not it, 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 out. A good, so it wouldn't. in fact that's the I would say is here's the thing: if you want a pet, if you want pet sheep, they're great. They really are lovely. They're they're a lot of fun. They have a lot more personality than people give them credit for. Like we know every single one of our sheep, and they're all a little different from each other. They're all they're all kind of peculiar in their own little way. They're they're great. I, I love them to death. But um, one of the problems with any large animal, horses, sort of as well, but but especially like if you have goats or sheep or similar type of farm animals. If you kept a pig as a pet, it's great. There's nothing wrong with it. But the veterinary industry is does, is, is not was not brought up to treat large animals like small animals. So they don't have as many treatments. You know, it, it's good and it's bad. Like certain things like getting vaccines and stuff are a lot cheaper than getting your dogs and cats vaccinated. But other things are like, if you want to do it, it's just incredibly expensive. And you're like, well, I've got an animal, you know, it's going to live 13 years. Am I going to make it miserable for eight of those last years? You know, right. so, right. so that's okay. been a little bit of a, that was a little bit of a surprise, but, but, you know, I don't want to put people off from it because they're other, other than a few, you know, small examples here and there, it's been, it's been great. They've been really, they've been really wonderful. They're very easy to care for, um, especially here in New Jersey. I know Kurt had horses growing up. I know Moss had horses growing up. I come from a ranching family, farming ranching family, and my cousin has sheep. He has black-faced sheep, I think. Um, uh-huh. And I can't remember. They have, they're really cute. They're kind of small. They have, like, black, black faces, of course, and white bodies, and they have really curly hair. So I don't know if they're called black-faced sheep or if that's just what... Uh, I know, I've, I, Laura would have I don't remember. Spe- anyway, up in, up in Montana, yeah. he takes care of them, and they're really cute. And uh, mm-hmm. let's see, but I'm trying to think if I've ever actually met any sheep outside of a petting zoo or livestock show. I don't think I have. I don't think I've actually... Had, so I'm sort of like mentally trying to get around to what, what where in the heck is my questions list here. Ah, here we go. So, in, <laughs> so I'm familiar with a lot of people taking care of these animals and stuff. And one of the things that I was curious about was, like you said, people are like, ah, sheep are kind of stupid. They don't really give them a lot of credit for being that smart. But I did read a paper, just a real brief article that sent me to a research paper to read, which is says that sheep can recognize each other's faces and they can recognize the mm-hmm. faces of the humans who take care of them so they 100% I would have thought it would have been like by smell but it's um, and that might be part of it I don't know but they certainly do look at faces they look at sheep faces and human faces and they can tell the difference and mm-hmm. that's kind of pretty smart for a little well, for a herd animal you know they can al- yeah they can always do it with a sheep yeah. because they're they keep themselves in sheep shape <laughs> Uh, I actually, Don, I, I ran across the same uh, similar thing where the paper indicated that they have the ability to, to recognize and remember 
up yes. to like 50 different human or sheep faces yeah, for so as long as two years. Okay, so they're not yeah. quite not quite at the crow or, or raven level of no. face recognition and, and, and uh, obsession, but right. that's that's pretty good. It is good, yeah. They, they, I mean, here's the thing, they, they know us uh, and it doesn't matter like it's not because we're always coming from the barn or we're coming from the, you know, they, they, they recognize, they recognize Laura and I, no matter, no, no matter how far away we are. That's actually one of the things that we always joke about is that people say sheep are dumb and they're, they're not, they just know sheep things, right? They know, if you think about right. like what's important to a prey animal, to a herd animal, mm-hmm. they know all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I mean, right. they're, they're, they're definitely not stupid. And they know us. Like, in fact, I can be around the corner. They, not only do they know faces, but they know voices. So, like, if I come out of the house and, like, I've had guys out here to come and, like, do landscape work or whatever, and they're standing next to their truck talking, and the sheep are, the sheep are around the corner. They've seen them come, and they kind of move away. As soon as I come out and start talking, Star, one of the ones that I bottle fed, she'll hear my voice talking to them, and she'll bond and come running around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> and we can, we can recognize their voices too. Like I can tell who's buying out in the field. Not all 14 of them, but I know, I know the ones that kind of talk the most. I know I recognize their voices immediately, like Franklin and Star and Sherman. And Excellent. they all, and they all have very different, very different boss. It's kind of, some of them are kind of funny. Like Franklin, when he boss, it sounds like he sounds like a angry old New Yorker or something. He's like, ah. <laughs> he's hilarious. <laughs> he's like this—he's like this big white sheep out there, and he's his—you hear it, and you're like, "Oh my God, someone's someone's killing a sheep out there." I'm like, "No, that's just Franklin. He's <laughs> doing Franklin." <laughs> and Sherman's like one of the smallest sheep, and he has one of the deepest voices. It's hilarious when you see him out there, and he'll like turn to you, and he's like, "Ah," and you're like, "Whoa, dude, what the hell?" <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Uh, yeah, I should send you—I should send you a couple of little videos. You should. We definitely want to see him. So the dog and the cats, what do they think of the sheep? Well, so the cats kind of avoid them. They do go out there because they go to the barn to, to mouse and stuff. Right. And they kind of, uh, they try to avoid the sheep. And the sheep, I wouldn't necessarily say they chase the cats, but they run up to them and it kind of freaks the cats out because the sheep are big, you know, I mean, compared to a Yeah, cat. yeah. The dog is, uh, it's embarrassing because our dog is a... Uh, Australian Shepherd, right? So it's supposed to be a herding dog and all that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she's terrified of the sheep. So. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> except for well, except for Sherman and Star. So, right, Sherman right. and Star. She she grew up with kind of when they were little tiny lambs. We had them out all the time, and she would come out with us when we were feeding and when we were walking them around the yard and stuff. And so they're very used to each other. Sure. And she kind of plays with them a little bit, but she mostly just leaves them alone. But the, the big sheep, one time we were out with the dog and she was on the leash and uh, I don't remember who it was. I think it was, who was it? It was probably Teddy. He's he's one of the smaller sheep, but he's so aggressive. It's really kind of funny. But anyway, one of them came up and like headbutted the dog when the dog wasn't <laughs> oh, looking. Oh no, right? poor baby. And ever since, ever since then the dog was like, I need to avoid these things. They're bad news. Well, <laughs> oh, no. I mean, I know that's a breed that people use for for herding but the thing is i know also that they have to be trained from it or trained for it from a young age 
even so, it's not something they just do. So yeah, yeah. I saw a little. Yeah. There's a long. There's a video yeah. you can look on the internet of a long-haired Chihuahua called Alice in Australia that is a shepherd. She helps with the mm. sheep herding, and they didn't teach yeah. her. Their border collie taught her. Really? <laughs> oh, neat. Yeah, yeah. And it's so cute. They're like. Go on, Alice. Go on, get, get, get the sheep, Alice. And she's like, I'm going to go get them and round them up. Little teeny meeny little thing. <laughs> so funny. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Way to me, Alex. <laughs> little tiny chihuahua out there. And the sheep are like, what the hell? I don't know. It keeps coming at us. Oh, God. No, but it's doing. And the border collie is sitting in the video on the side just hanging out like, see now? That's how I do it. That's why I'm the smartest dog because I... Hired help. (laughs) (laughs) Promoted to manager. Mm -hmm. I leased it out. Right, exactly. Right, exactly. (laughs) Does she give Alice treats and stuff as a wage? (laughs) Like, here you go. (laughs) Yeah, you get a little bit of my milk bone. My favorite strange herding animal is the rabbit. There's a rabbit that has learned to herd sheep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> also on, it's like, on the internet. <laughs> yes, like, everything's on. Everything is on. I, I, I you know, I can understand why the why the sheep would run away from it because it's just not behaving like a rabbit ought to. There's like there's something wrong with that guy. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but. <laughs> Yeah, a couple of our sheep will 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 run away when the cats are out, but most of them actually run up to the cats. So it's a little you know. awkward because the cats are like, ah. Well, that's kind of like one of those things with alpacas and llamas, alpacas and llamas that will just kind of stare at things, and and like most predators don't like to be stared at. Yes. So you put a llama out in the field, and like the coyotes won't come anywhere yeah. near it. <laughs> That's true. We did a show a couple of years ago. My friend Laura Gregg and I did an episode about llamas and alpacas. And I did not know this, but people use llamas as shepherds, as as, as uh, guard animals. Instead of having a guard dog. Yeah, they have a llama. Yeah, they use them as protection animals. Llamas, you just don't mess with mm-hmm. a llama. So I guess that's, that's all it is. Yeah, so llamas and alpacas, they, you know, if you think about where they live, like up in the mountains, right? It's the same actually with donkeys. A lot, a lot of donkeys and mules won't won't run away. Like most prey animals, sheep, horses, right. cattle, and stuff, they'll run when a predator comes. Well, if you're a llama up, you know, along the cliffs in the Andes, and something wants to chase you, it's like running is not a really good option. Yeah. So being a badass fighter is the so other turning option. around and <laughs> spitting and kicking. The, yeah, exactly. Spitting and kicking is the oh. other option, and so they tend to do that. And plus, they're yes. also freakishly tall, right? You know, if you think about it, like some dog comes up and wants to mess with your sheep, and here comes this freaking llama. It's like six feet tall. <laughs> it's like some kind of alien. I don't know, but I don't want to go anywhere near it. Surely there's a Burger King or something nearby. Right, it's too big. Oh, God. Yeah, we had neighbors for a while that had uh, uh, several right. llamas and a, and a couple of alpacas. And those llamas are protective, and frankly, they're kind of mean. They're, they're aggressive. <laughs> And they made excellent guard animals. Yep, I imagine so. Truly excellent guard animals. Yeah, they do. They do. Yeah, well, you don't mind to mess with them because otherwise you will end up with Lamageddon. Ha ha. 
And the alpacalypse. <laughs> <Exactly>. Yeah. <laughs> the oh, I'm alpacalypse. feeling a little yes. bit sheepish about how this conversation's going. <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah, but it's mutton to turn your nose up at. I hate you all. <laughs> I do have I do have one more one more question for you, Bill, that I had a thought about. Did it take you any time to get used to their 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 weird eye shape, their weird pupil, the square pupils? Because I've, I mean, I've raised several animals, you know, uh, no, horses no. and dogs and cats and whatnot, but nothing ever with like rectangular retinas. And and I love goats and sheep, yeah. but they're they're, they're all for me eyes, to right? look at. Don't they? They're, they're, yeah. Yeah, they they weird people out. Um, I, they they not me didn't really bother me or make me even think about it until like the third or fourth one of my friends were like, oh, their their eyes are so weird, and I'm like. You know they really are unusual, and so I I googled it and I looked up eyes, a pupil shape, and actually if you it's you should do that. It's fun to read about. Like so, it's We're it's an evolutionary be thing. We're going to talking about that on the show, right? so, so not too deeply uh, into it. But uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, you should look it up. It's cool. There's a reason that they're shaped that way. There's a reason that our eye pupils are shaped their way they are, and and birds and predatory animals and they're all kind of different for different reasons that's i, I thought it was really don't cool, horses have rectangular eyes but yes I, no i was not freaked out by it they do they do it's yeah. not as obvious it's yeah, because, because their the, eyes are so dark colored. exactly okay. moss right well and, yes. and it's kind of like a modified rectangle a lot of them don't look that rectangular or they're rounded in a lot of cases obvious. so it, it's a lot less obvious yeah it's a little it's a little more like a it's a lot, like yeah. a lot more like a rounded square almost, but it, they do Come have the, the basic yeah. same. And I didn't shape. want to get too deep into. It. I was just curious because I know a lot yeah. of people have 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 commented on just the the weird kind of shape. And with horses, sure. it I it never bothered me ever, and to the point where you know, as you said, Donna. Yeah. I no, I know. I, 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 I agree. With not you. even really thought about that from my experience with horses that they have that weird eye shape because you just don't i guess for me after a while you stop noticing it but well i i never noticed it yeah and like i said i, I think on, on horses it it's not all it's, on horses until i read about it and so i was wondering if it was more evident for when you're close up to them because i haven't had a lot of experience with horses super close up so you can, you can tell when you're right up in their face, but horses have two things going for them that, like, I don't know that sheep do. Mm -hmm. I don't know. If, but a, a horse's um, eyes tend to be very dark. Their um, whites of their eyes are pretty dark. And their eye and their irises are pretty dark. And the iris mm -hmm. itself is pretty dark. I mean, the, the hole, the pupil, is pretty dark. And so it just looks dark. Right. right. You know, you don't, you don't see it. That might be it, too, yeah. Yeah, the, 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 the sclera is the word I was looking for. Yeah. It never freaked me out. I've, I've been closer to goat and sheep eyes than horses on a more regular basis because I've been to a lot of petting zoos and stuff over the years. But uh, I don't know. I thought it was really cute. I never thought it was freaky or anything. Do people think it's freaky? Yeah, I never really thought it was freakish either, but it is It is definitely, uh, some people have said it. Like I said, I've had several friends that are like, oh my God, their eyes are so weird. And I'm like, okay, they're like sheep eyes. Are they eyes. weird? I thought they were cute. <laughs> but they definitely are. Yeah. It's very noticeable. Yeah, well, and we do have like, we have one sheep, Betty. When we first got her, I always used to laugh because you, you could see she was sort of the boss of the herd. 
or of the flock rather and uh like you know so she was always the one that was looking at you when you came out especially when they didn't know us at first and she always looked number one she always looked surprised like oh my god you know and number two her eyes are incredibly light colored they're really sort of like lemony yellow almost they're very very light and so it made it makes her look like her eyes are way out on the sides of their heads of her head, so she always looks surprised, like, I'm Betty! Oh, God! Don't come for me! You know? <laughs> and and uh, so that that was more freaky to me than the pupil shape, just because they were, I was like, wow, this is something weird about this sheep. But now I'm, I'm used to it. Kamala has pretty light eyes also, so you, you kind of start seeing it. But but yeah, their eyes are a little, they're a little weird, but they're mm-hmm. fun. But uh, so, it was a great conversation. Thanks for coming on, Bill. And thanks for helping me do a little surprise for Moss because sure. he's had a couple of testing months and I thought it'd be fun for him to just have a nice little surprise. Yeah, I haven't talked to Moss in forever. We talk a lot on, uh, yeah. Yeah, we, 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 we've only texted to each other a lot in the last, like, I don't know what, Moss, like a couple of years we've been. Yeah, we I had mean, quite it was a long time before I talked yeah. to you, yeah. period. Yeah. But yep. Catching up. Yeah. That's how it is these days. So that was a fun little surprise. So what are the plans for the little sheep farm in the future? Uh, well, right now we're just kind of keeping on keeping on. I mean, we uh, we're the the wool the wool side of the business is doing pretty good, and you know we like to get the product ourselves. And we've got we've we've done several events here with like the both the New Jersey the local Jersey uh, uh, spinning and weaving guild and the Philadelphia guild. So we've got like some good customers that like to come out and see the sheep. We've done some events and Laura is a part of the the NJ Fiber Shed. So all over mm-hmm. the country there are fiber shed programs that are like uh, just like a watershed. So it's like basically farmers from your local area that you can get uh, fibers from. And so they do everything. They have, We have members that are, mo- most of the members have sheep, uh, but s- many have alpaca. Uh, and then there are even a couple over here near Hamilton that that they raise Angora rabbits so they get Angora fiber which is incredibly soft I gotta tell you a story about a rabbit okay this there was an Angora rabbit that we saw at the New Jersey sheep and wool festival right because they do other fibers the lady had a booth she's selling Angora yarn and stuff like that and she had this rabbit just sitting on on like a little table in front of her and she was combing out the fibers and like, there's like all these people around. It's this big show and the rabbit's just kind of sitting there and she's just combing, combing, combing. And I'm like, wow, that is the most chill rabbit. <laughs> and she's like, oh yeah, she loves it. <laughs> and she were to stand, stand there talking and, you know, she stopped combing it and the rabbit's like looking oh. at her. I mean, it was, it was the cutest thing, but uh, they get, they get a lot of hair out of one Well, I know because my cats can do that. Uh, but, uh, yes, we could make another cat out of that. The sheddings of the cat. Make a whole other cat. That's right. The... Yeah, cat fibers. It's a little, it's a little too short to spin. Otherwise, yep. it'd be pretty yep. good. Mine, it maybe felt, felt, felt your cat fur. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's a good I know idea. one of you our cats are long hair cat. Probably, he would make excellent felt. <laughs> I think you should. I think you should do it, Moss. I think Valera would because she's got very soft fur. But I think she'd be really insulted. And she would just be like, "What are you doing? <laughs> you ridiculous giant." <laughs> Be insulted no matter what you do. <laughs> Alrighty, well, thank you so much for the conversation. I'm sorry Laura couldn't be with us, and I hope we don't sound too dumb. 
and we're going to wrap it up now. So thank you so much for coming on. I'll be good. And I'm going to just say goodbye. I'm not going to go through the whole outro, but I will say thanks for listening, everybody, and be nice to animals. Be nice to animals. 100%. Well, it looks like I chose a different news item for the final script of the sheep show, so I'll briefly mention what Bill was talking about with the sheep who got lost for a couple of years. The sheep in question is a ram called Shrekapo, named after the character from the movie Shrek, and Lake Tekapo in New Zealand. Shrekapo was on his own for three years, his wool getting heavier and heavier until it blinded him, and he'd been spotted by native tar hunters and some rabbiters, but no one was able to find him. Finally, they were able to bring him home, and the community celebrated by having a public shearing to rid him of his uncomfortable woolly chunk. And 300 people came to watch. The 18 kilogram fleece was about half his body weight, but Shrekapo is fine now and leaping about like a lamb in springtime. If you'd like to learn more about Smiling Dog Farm, go to smilingdogfarm.com for more information and to see beautiful pictures of cute sheep. That's S-M-I-L-I-N-G-D-O-G-F-A-R-M.com. Thanks for joining us, Bill, and I hope you get a lot of visitors to the website. This show was produced by me, Donna Hume, on land belonging historically to Ute, Cheyenne, and Arapaho Native American tribes. With intro music by Infomercial USA and bed music by Dan Leibowitz. Our logo was created by Imran Javed. If you enjoyed the show, why not give a couple of bucks to buymeacoffee.com slash podcast. 90% of proceeds go to the Wild Animal Sanctuary in Canesburg, Colorado. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, be nice to animals. You've been listening to a podcast of the Podfix Network. Discover more audible gems like this at podfixnetwork.com. Make sure to catch up-to-the-minute network shenanigans by following at podfix on Twitter, official underscore podfix on Instagram, at podfixnetwork on Facebook. And make sure to subscribe to Podfix Presents wherever you choose to find podcasts. The Podfix Network, artist owned and loved.